Welcome to Creating Your Happy Place, a podcast that explores what it takes to create your happy place and then empowers you to do whatever it takes to get happy at home. I'm Rebecca West, host of Creating Your Happy Place and author of the book, Happy Starts at Home, and I'm so glad you're here today. Now, my work as an interior designer usually focuses on what we will bring into a space, whether that's new cabinets and counters in a kitchen or a new sofa, rug, and lighting in a living room. But today we're gonna to talk about some of the stuff that may not belong in your home. And by that, I mean clutter. Now the word clutter brings up different things for different people. For me, it means things that I don't like or that I don't use. Clutter can be as big as a sofa that you hate or as little as that collection of half dried out pens that are in the junk drawer. If you feel like you should be clearing out some of the clutter out of your home, then you're gonna enjoy today's episode as we chat with a gal who calls herself a spiritual organizer and clutter whisperer, sharing her thoughts around what clutter even is and how we can deal with it. She's known as the lifestyle organizer. She's been featured on over 30 TV shows, including on OWN and HGTV, and shared a TEDx talk called, Listen to the Monster in Your Closet. She has a knack for seeing through the chaos and into the lives and hearts of those she works with, bringing peace to the world one color-coded label at a time. I'm delighted to welcome to the show, currently living in a Santa Fe-style home in Tucson, Arizona, with her boyfriend, two dogs, one cat, and 13 koi fish living in the backyard pond. Welcome to the show, Star Hansen. Thank you so much for having me, Rebecca. It's wonderful to be here with you. I'm so excited to have this conversation, and I hope that our listeners take away some really good tips for managing the clutter and chaos in their own homes. So I thought I'd start with just saying, you know, Star, how do you define clutter? What is clutter? Well, I love how you talked about it in the intro, first of all. I think it's beautiful because I think people think of, you know, boxes and bags and piles, but it's so much more than that. So clutter is anything that is stopping you from feeling good and living the life of your dreams. So yeah, it can be that sofa. It can be those pens, but it also can be the thoughts in your head, which mm -hmm. is normally where it starts. And so we look at anything that feels like it's adding to anxiety or stress in your life. It could be the notifications on your phone, or it could be commercials on TV, or just the fact that you think you have so much to do all of these things constitute as clutter. And it's just a matter of sussing through the chaos to find the vein of gold that you really need to give yourself to that will lift you out of that madness that we all find ourselves living in, in this, you know, wild and crazy times. Yeah. I mean, I love how you just really expanded that whole definition. It's not about the object, like that the object doesn't have power in and of itself. It's just how it's affecting you. No. Yeah, totally. You know, I was, I was thinking about this today because I know you're a cat lover. So I was thinking about how, as because I'm, I'm, I'm going to show a prop. So anyone who's listening and not watching. So I'm, I'm showing a spray bottle right now. And we have these in every room of the house, these little spray bottles, because we have plants all over. And so I mm -hmm. love to give the plants a little mist, but the cat gets a little wild sometimes. So I also <laughs> use them to remind her to get off the counters or, to like, you know, not jump in front of the zoom when I'm on the middle of teaching. Yes. And so I think it's really interesting how one object can have two drastically different meanings to one, it gives life and to the other one, it like <laughs> incites fear. And so it's, but it's the same thing with all of our objects in our home, right? It's yeah. every single object and, and person as well can be our best friend or worst nightmare. And it's up to us and where we are in our minds to determine what that is. And then to right. fill our lives and our homes with whatever it is that we actually like and what we prefer. Right. And you just said a key phrase, depending on where we're at in our lives. So these relationships with objects and people and stuff change with the different chapters we're going through in our lives too. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, look at, look at your kids, right? Your newborn baby comes out and you're like, oh, I've never been so in love. Fast forward four years, they're having a temper tantrum. They won't leave the, you know, the house with, who's <laughs> on, you know, and then you're like, I can't do this. Fast forward, yes. you know, to 12 and you're like, they're my little buddy still to 16. And you're like, get out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> objects are the exact same thing. You know, it's like you get something and, you know, say for example, your wedding dress becomes this precious thing. Well, fast forward to a divorce or something later. And that same thing can be a huge mm. of emotion, like an emotional avalanche. And so really what it is, it's, it's learning to curate our home the way Rebecca, you help people curate their visual spaces. It's the same thing with, you know, I, I'm worried less about, okay, what's considered clutter and more about like, okay, what is actually filling your life with goodness? And I'm a big believer too, that like, I have stuff in my home, God bless Marie Kondo and get, I have stuff in my home that does not bring me joy, but guess what? I'm not done dancing with it. So I can't get rid of it yet because there's 
there's a part of my story that needs to be completed there. So sure. it's not always as simple as it doesn't feel good, get rid of it. It's more like, okay, is this supporting my journey of evolution or not? And how right. long give it and how am I setting it up to not freak me out when I'm not ready for it, you know? Well, and what you just said reminded me of a comment that you had in your notes to me, which was that one of the challenges you had in setting up your own home was balancing your needs and desires with your partner's needs and desires. So sometimes, I mean, a lot, I would say a lot of times, the first thing that comes up in our mind when we think of clutter somehow always ends up being somebody else's stuff <laughs> rather than our own. So can you just talk a little bit about your own experience with that? Absolutely. So my partner that I'm with now is, um, he's an amazing man and he's so creative and interesting and he loves things natural and wild, right? It's like, like his animals get free reign of the house. His plants are all natural, like from our city and they, they just go where they want. And he loves watching that creative expression. And he wants that same creative expression. And I love that about him. And he's the first partner I've ever had who was like, I don't need you to organize anything. (laughs) what? <laughs> okay. And, and it was really, really great, but slowly what I've learned with him is our aesthetic is different. Our, our way of doing things is different because for me, the clutter just gets in the way and I can ignore it. I really can. I have this mm-hmm. really interesting brain that I can walk into a cluttered home and only see the beautiful things in the room. It's one of the things I think that makes me good at my job, but when I'm working, I want no clutter. Yeah. So I have certain areas where I really need that, that clarity. And so he and I have to work together. And so it's been really interesting that his, his personality type is I throw out an idea and I just let it germinate like a little seed. And I, when he's ready, he's like, Hey, love this idea that you germinated is sprouting. And I'm like, fantastic. You know? So like this last weekend, we spent the weekend organizing all of his like family memorabilia, which was so special because he's such a, he's the historian of his family. And it's mm-hmm. really, but what I've noticed is that my idea you can imagine I'm a force to be reckoned with in my yeah. own home. So like, I have to chill out and step back and say, what's really, what's really important and what do I need and ask for what I need and put the other things on the back burner and also just communicate with them nonstop, like, like a mad woman of like, Hey babe, this is hard for me. Or, Oh, is this triggering? <laughs> you know. But I think a lot of times what happens with couples is that they make an assumption about their partner. Oh, he's mm-hmm. never going to do that. He doesn't, he said that one time, 20 years ago, he's never going to go back on it. Yeah. Right. We change. That's like the most consistent thing in life is change. So it's really taking time to connect with your partner and realize that this is a dance, whether it's just in communication or in your spaces, you have to work together to find a solution that works for both of you not try to manipulate them to do things your way, you know, right. it's really coming together. Well, and watching, like listening to your own internal dialogue, like how are you labeling that person? As you said a second ago, like you have this assumption that they're never going to get around to something or, or whatever. And we, if somebody has different habits from us, we often asso- associate that with the wrong habits, like, oh, they're lazy or they procrastinate or whatever. But it might be coming from, like you, you described just now, a creative place that that's their process. Yeah. And how exciting is it to think about honoring and celebrating someone with how their brain works. Like I think about our school system and my brain works very well for our American school system. Mm-hmm. And yet I don't have the most creative or magical brain out there and our world isn't set up to support them. And so I feel like it's really important for us to meet each other where we shine, where we really have our genius at. And I tell a lot of people when I work with them, it's not that you don't have organization. When you come to me and say, oh, I don't have any organization. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, right. For sure. I can pick out organization in your house. It's just that you're not supported by a world saying, way to go. You're doing it the right way. There's no right way. There's your way. And trying to figure out, okay, what's your special zone of genius? And then building a system around that and having that be the thing that supports you. Cause I mean, I, can you imagine having had like a parent who really just got how your brain worked and was like, yes, like, oh my gosh, you, you don't want to work on your homework until midnight. Great. Fantastic. (laughs) an hour and a half, like that, our world doesn't exist like right now, at least on a mainstream level. So it would be nice to meet each other there. And because I do think we get such better results when we meet each other in our zone of genius and support each other's Mm -hmm. genius also, even if it doesn't make sense to how we look at the world. It reminds me, so I was scrolling through your Instagram feed and I often say that, you know, even though I'm an interior designer, I really don't care if my clients ever buy a new sofa. Like that's one of my mantras. Like if a new sofa is part of the recipe to our happiness, let's buy it. But it can be new, it can be used, it can just be something you recover. It doesn't, like it's not a thing that I'm caught up in. 
And you said on your Instagram feed, it doesn't matter to me how organized or disorganized you are. I only care about you standing strongly in the magic of who you are and that you release anything that doesn't lift you up because you deserve the best, most authentic life possible. So I feel like you're saying something similar that you don't have any judgment around how organized or, or quote disorganized somebody is that you're trying to align what that level is that they need with the lifestyle that they want. Am I capturing that right? Yeah. So it's more like wherever you are is where you are and (laughs) that you are where you are. Right. Mm. Like the point of getting organized, just like the point of having your house designed is not to have this pretty after picture that no one walks in. Right. That's good. That's dialing us back 70 years to the fifties where no one sat on their couches and no one, you know, it's like, it was all for the outside show. Mm -hmm. Now we're having this paradigm shift of, Hey, if it doesn't feel good, I'm not doing it. And that's really where it is. It's like, okay, what brings you joy? And I don't care how it looks to anybody else. It's how do you experience it? Including that doesn't mean, oh, live in your best life in a mansion. Like only when you <laughs> life of your dreams, right? It's like, no, like I personally believe that we are on this planet and it is messy a lot of times. And that mess is part of what births the, the most evolution, the most growth. And so even in our mess, can we love it? it can we love our chaos? Can we love yeah. the moments where we don't know how to think our way out of a box because mm-hmm. it's actually teaching our soul something bigger. And that to me is way more exciting and a much bigger reveal than, you know, having this picture perfect house yeah. that someone that you may or may not even like that much approves of on social media. Like that just <laughs> seems like such a backwards thing. <laughs> so do you ever have clients where you go in and you almost like just uncover or reveal the organization system that they have right now. And then you just say, it's working for you. I have no work here to do. Oh, I wish that that was true. <laughs> <laughs> My work here's done. You're welcome, everyone. No, I wish I was so close. So yes, I would say yes to 90% of that. Never that I've been able to say I'm out of here. Um, <laughs> and I've, and I've walked into houses that are perfectly organized and I've walked into houses where I was even like looking for plastic on the floor. Cause I thought, thought a murder might be about to take place. <laughs> house. Um, but it's more of like, if you're calling me more so than any other regular professional organizer, if you're calling me, you know, that you feel a block somewhere in your life. And whether it's that you have too much stuff, not enough stuff, don't feel like you can be seen in your entirety, whatever it is, there's the job there. There's, there's an awakening there. And one of the things that I like to think of is it's less that we're organizing your physical spaces and more that you're awakening your life within those physical spaces, because you can have, I think of this like formal living room that never gets touched, never gets mm-hmm. sat. That room is so dormant. You know, it's just mm-hmm. space that even if it looks beautiful, it doesn't do anything but act as like a visual as you walk by into the kitchen where we really spend our time. And so really allowing ourselves to infuse life into our spaces, even if it means demoing that formal living room and turning it into a gym or into a, yes. you know, an art room or whatever, <laughs> it's like make it a livable space. Mm-hmm. Um, really infusing life into the world around us instead of this idea of what what it should be yeah I you may have two different answers to the question I want to ask now because you just said you know if people are hiring me so clearly you have a a slightly different approach to this whole thing than maybe some other professional organizers so the question I was going to ask is why did you choose to become a certified professional organizer and what does certified mean? Like, what do you learn by becoming certified that you might not if you weren't certified? But as I say, you may have two answers here. One is like more generally around certification and then how you have maybe separated yourself even from that level. Even three questions in there. Oh my gosh. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So let's talk. Now the question is, can you keep them all organized as we talk about this? Oh, my my friend, I will do my best. (laughs) Certification is basically a process through the National Association of Professional Organizers or what was formerly the National Association of Professional Organizers. But essentially what, what they do is that they take, you know, like anyone who has been a professional organizer for a specific amount of time, you have to have so many hours in the game and then you have to do so much you know, continuing education, plus you have to take an exam. And may I tell you, you've never taken an exam until you've taken an exam made by professional organizers. <laughs> that there is a special charm. I will always make sure my CEUs are in. So I never have to take that exam again. Cause I'm like, that was a tough exam people. So basically they just want to know, do you have the experience, the credentials? Do you have the wisdom, the education, and are you willing to commit long-term? And so, yes. Yeah, so, so I have all of that. What made me decide, I actually wanted to be, when I left my prior career path, 
I actually thought I was going into interior design. I had this idea I was going to go to Italy and study there. And, you know, it was just, I had this great fantasy. Yeah. And while I was brainstorming that, as I was transitioning out of my prior career, a friend started asking me to help them with their physical spaces. And I remember when I left my prior career, I just kept saying, I want to do something that I feel like I have real purpose in. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and I took a job where I got to experience, you know, interior design and it didn't feel like the right fit for me. It just like, it felt close, but not quite, you know, like I was like, mm, not quite, mm-hmm. but friends were asking me to help them get organized. And I mean, this is before the world of organizing is what it is now. And so I started doing that for trade and I thought, oh my gosh, like this, this could be a thing. <gasps> this could be, because what's beautiful about organizing is it's formless. You can be a professional organizer who only works with new moms. You yeah. can work on kitchens. You could literally just do parties. You could just do email. You can, you can do anything you want because there's no real strict governance on it. It's not like, mm-hmm. oh, you must, are you a productivity specialist? Hmm. So it's, it really is a different world where you get to say, I'm going to choose to be this, 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 and this, I'm going to just make it up. And it's been great because I have gotten to morph within this role for a long time. So when you start out as an organizer, often you start as a generalist, which is, I just organize everything and you're just trying to get experience. And I loved it. You know, I've done just about anything and everything you can think of. I've facilitated moves. I've organized entire houses. I've worked with people who have hoarding disorder. I mean, you name it and I've done it. And so having had all of that experience, what I realized is that I'm much more interested in the spiritual journey. I'm much more interested in, I'm less interested in labels and boxes and making it look pretty because when I'm doing that, I feel like my soul is actually being siphoned off. Hmm. I'm sitting with someone and they're surrounded by stuff because their mom just passed away and they don't know how they're going to integrate all of that stuff into their life because they were cluttered before that stuff got here. That is a vein. I know how to sit in. I know how to sit right there with them. And I know grief. I know how to deal with complicated challenges. I know how to put one foot in front of the other and stand with people in their darkest moments. So that doesn't scare me in the slightest. So it really, to me, it's much more of a journey of, okay, how do we come home to ourselves? Mm -hmm. And so for me, I will continue to evolve my my methodologies in order to allow that to be the case. How do I help you remember your, your power and your brilliance? How do I help you come home to yourself? And so, yes, right now, that's all about the spiritual journey for organizing and, and it's amazing. And I love it. And it's surprising and startling and magical. And that's all I care about is how do I help you live your best life? How do I help you come home to yourself? And thankfully I get to do that every day. (laughs) Just spending that's really, I mean, that's remarkable. It, and it's interesting to hear you shape the, the industry as a whole. Like, yeah, there are so many different ways you can approach it as a organizing expert. And that's true with interior design too. You can really focus on soft goods rooms, like living rooms and bedrooms. You can focus on kitchens and bathrooms. You can be more architecturally focused or more styling, you know, just doing bookshelves and getting all those personal effects. So my question would be, if somebody's thinking about hiring an organizer, you know, should they figure out like, oh, I need general help. I need paperwork help. Like, how do you, how do you choose an organizer? Especially since I'm guessing not every organizer does a great job calling out what they're good at. Yeah. So, so yeah, NAPO would be the place to start. So the, it, so I murdered it before I, cause it was like for 15 years that it was <laughs> so the national association of organizers and productivity specialists is what it is, but it's NAPO.net same same website, but you go there and you can actually put in your zip code and then you can select what you want to focus on. So think of it more when I talk to people about their spaces, you know, I always say, start with the easiest thing first, because, you know, starting with something like paperwork, for example, can be really daunting because in every inch of paperwork might be a hundred things. And that's very, very stressful because you feel like you worked all day on nothing. Like I don't have anything to show for it. So I always say, start with something that makes you feel good. That gives you that instant win, but you know, look around at what, what do you really need help with? And then what you want to think when you're hiring an organizer, because we're everywhere and, and we are this random group of passionate people who love boxes and labels and helping people. It's like at a conference, the conference is going on actually this week, but the organizers conference is amazing. Cause we're all just this like joyful group of like, I've never seen people so happy. This man's <laughs> elevator once. <laughs> it's like we're organizers and you know, like we love each other and we support each other. And there's such beautiful, you know, empowerment here because there are so many specialties and what you want to look for when you're looking for an organizer is you're going to be letting this person into your heart and soul. You are going yeah. to, when you organize with someone, it is an archeological dig of your heart through your house. Hmm. And so you better like them. Don't pick someone 
think is cool. Don't pay, you know, it's like, don't, like trust your gut hundred percent of the time, because they're going to be looking in that nightstand where nobody else gets to see. You're going to forget to take that thing out. And they're going <laughs> to, you know, you want to know that they are safe. And if they're not safe, it's a no-go. I don't care how, I mean, I don't care how cool their after pictures look. If they are judging you the whole time, it's not a good thing. But thankfully, most organizers, most every organizer I've ever met, we are just this open-hearted mass of people who just want to do good. And so, you know, it's just more of like, okay, what seems like a good start for you? Do you want to start with pictures? Do you want to start with your kitchen? Do you want, you know, but that's the cool thing about napo.net is that there's actually like, you choose, oh, I want to do paperwork with kitchen. And then anyone who meets those credentials will come up in your search. So you don't have to look at the clutter of people you don't, that don't service what you need to have serviced. That's great. So that's actually kind of a, an additional benefit of this whole certification process is that the NAPO actually is a good organization that helps with that whole filtering aspect too. Yes. And you won't just get the certified organizers. You'll get all the organizers. So you'll get yeah. Cause there's only a small, little tiny baby group of us are certified. There's, you know, there's thousands of organizers across the world and only a small fraction of them are actually certified. But I mean, I wouldn't say only work with a certified organizer, like work with someone who feels good to you, yeah. right? It might be someone who's been in business two years or someone like me, who's been in business over 17 years. It doesn't matter. You just have to like them and really find someone like one of the questions that people have a lot is, Oh, if my, you know, my loved one has hoarding disorder, well, you have to get that you know, you actually need a diagnosis for that. So you would need Mm -hmm. like a psychological diagnosis. And then there are organizers who specialize in hoarding disorder. And you do want to find somebody who has that experience. Or if you have ADHD, that's something else to think about. You want someone who has experience with how your brain works. Because again, we're not organizing your stuff. I can organize any stuff any day of the week. You want to find somebody who knows how to jive with your brain, who really knows how to help you in this deeper level. Because it's the organizing process is from the inside out. I love that. That's absolutely fantastic advice. And now when you think about the, the brain alignment, you know, people often joke that like, you know, marriage counselors came to it because they went through a bad marriage and they want to save other people from that or those kinds of things. So do you think there's actually an alignment between like having ADHD, becoming an organizer and helping people with that? Or like, you know, does it really need to be a true brain alignment or is it maybe that their spouse has this condition? So they have some compassion for it or that they just specialized in it, right? So there's there's actually ways of becoming specialized in working with people with ADHD or mm. more. So that's, you know, you want somebody who's really working on their continuing education and who knows what lane they want to be in. Because the truth is that, you know, I've, I've had clients whose spouses say, he's just so disorganized. He never closes the cabinets. I'm like, but he has ADHD, his brain his brain just doesn't work like that. You know, it's like, you might not even see those doors. Totally. Exactly. Those are gone. He's five steps ahead. Like how brilliant is that? That your partner is five steps ahead. Like he's like, woo. but I get that. It's annoying that the door's not closed, but you have to remember it's how he's wired. It's not the same. So no, I don't think you need an organizer who has the same challenge that you do. You just need somebody who knows their stuff. You need somebody who either has, who has done extensive studying, especially with those, those chronic or challenging or disorganizational types. You really want somebody who's done the work and who knows what they're talking about, because you can get specialized in time management, productivity, working with aging, you know, parents, mental health challenges. Like there's, there's a lot of different styles of support that you can get. And it is nice to feel like somebody really gets you and you don't have to do a lot of backstory or yeah. you're not paying them to figure out how to work. <laughs> you're not there. You're not their guinea pig. <laughs> you don't necessarily want that. Yeah. But there is, there's, and that's the beauty of, of the organizing world is we organize ourselves quite well and there's a lot of information out there. And we are all, we really lean into the cutting edge of like, how can we be of service in the highest and best way? Yeah. And I'm guessing with all of these different specialties and lengths in service and stuff, there's also a lot of difference in pricing. Is it usually priced per hour? Is it flat fee? Does it just totally depend? It totally depends on, on people. So yeah. So by hour, you know, by hour or by session. So some people work in three or four hour sessions. Some people just, you know, we'll do virtual sessions one-on-one. It just depends. So when I was working in the homes a lot, when that was my primary focus, I would do eight hour days with people mm-hmm. and I, and not many organizers do that. And the reason why I did that is because I did whole home, whole life transformations, which means that if you hired me, we weren't just doing one room. We were doing your entire house and maybe twice because, you know, you work through the whole room, the whole house. And then it's like, okay, now let's make sure everything stayed, you know, because it takes time. And I actually developed a membership around that because Mm -hmm. I wanted people to not feel like, oh, you know, I can only work with so many people in person. So now I work with people from all over the world, helping them to basically 
ignite life into every room of their house over the course of a year. You know, we do meditations and we really like look at the deeper meaning of the room and we explore what's really going on beyond the surface. And it's such a fun journey because it's not just about the physical organizing, because the truth is when you figure out the emotional thing that's causing the clutter to be needed, yeah, then you don't need the clutter anymore. So just having a safe space to be able to explore that without getting lost in the whole, oh, I'm not getting organized fast enough. And what's wrong with me? And everybody else is more organized. Like you're just spinning your wheels when you're on that. It's like, no, 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 let's go deeper. Let's find yeah. out what's, what's really here. So you can get out of this dance once and for all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now you said that you have a naturally organized brain. Your brain just works very well for this world and for our American culture too. Did you grow up in a really tidy home? Did you grow up in a house that was cluttered and your home or room was the only one that was tidy? What was your growing up experience? Uh, so I, okay. So my grandmother on my mom's side, she was the quintessential 1950s housewife where she, the house was a museum. The kids mm. weren't allowed to play in it. They weren't allowed to like, like, don't even look at the icon, like don't make eye contact with the couch. Just <laughs> And it's still, I mean, in my, you know, my grandma really had, she always was put together and the house always looked beautiful. My mom went the opposite direction. My mom and dad are both creative. They're both artists. So like if a kid comes over to my mom's house, she'll just randomly paint a mural on the wall with them. She doesn't think twice about it. She's oh my just, gosh. every room is a different color. It has like a different vibe. Like it's, I mean, even in one room, every wall might be a different color, <laughs> So, but it's, it's very committed. Like my dad's a, a metal artist. He does uh, reclaimed wood or reclaimed metal welding. And so all over our property is, you know, beautiful pieces of art indoors and outdoor. It's amazing. It sounds so magical. I, yeah, it really was. And I mean, my parents were very DIY. So I come home from a weekend away in college and you know, I, a wall would be missing in our house. <laughs> they wanted more room. <laughs> it's like, Oh, okay. So I grew up in this world of possibilities and potential. So I could go into the shop with my dad and build something. And I wasn't afraid to just figure out how something worked. And I'm not afraid to, you know, I love things to look beautiful, but I also don't think twice about ripping it all down and starting fresh. Yeah. And so, yeah. So I was really blessed to, I feel like I've got a little bit of both. I feel like I can live in a very organized environment. And I love that. But also because of the creative fun in my environment at my parents' house, you know, there's always stacks of mail on the, you know, on the counter as you walk in and there's always extra furniture in the rooms waiting to go to someone. And there was a lot of stuff. And because I was raised in that environment, stuff never bothers me. I don't get stressed out at clutter in the slightest. Like I can walk into a house and in some ways I won't even see it because, because I'm looking at the, how would I put it? I'm looking at the highest, the most important thing in the room, which is the person or the thing that brings them joy. I'm not looking at their mistakes from not putting that pile away, their perceived judgments. So I am able to look right past that with neutrality instead of judgment. And so, yeah, so I think, I don't know, I can like, I got like my clutter card, but I also like, like in my own home, I have very little very little stuff. I have what brings me joy. My boyfriend always laughs. He's like, he's like, I collect this and this and this, and you collect, he's like, you collect nothing. Getting gifts for you is so hard. <laughs> and it's like, it's true. I'm very, I just, I collect moments. I, I just want to be mm-hmm. here. And, grow and that's, that's my value. Yeah. When you were describing your parents' home, I, I suddenly have this image of like the difference between a space that is in ruin or disrepair where it's in neglect versus a space that is in transition, right? It's like, it's alive and it's, it's in, in motion. It's almost like watching they're taking a picture of a runner. that's a little blurry. Like it's not a perfect picture. That's because they're going from a to B really, really, you know, they're moving and there's a different energy to something that is in motion on purpose versus has been destroyed and left in neglect. So, you know, and I feel like what you're describing with your parents is something where they were creating and part of creating is destruction, but they weren't letting it just go into disrepair. No, but there was that. I do think that anytime you have an excess of stuff that does exist, even if it's, I collect this and it, you know, like my mom is a quilter, for example, Mm -hmm. how much fabric. So she'll go and she has all this fabric and then she still goes and buys new fabric and then she quilts with the new fabric. Right. So, so even though she, you know, it's all being used and it's all organized, it's still not being touched and there's a dormant energy in it. And so it's the same thing with even our storage spaces, our storage units, or, you know, our garages, any of those can become a dormant area. It doesn't, you know, I don't feel like it's like, Oh, the cloud covered. And now it's a dormant mess. You know, it's like, no, but it's, there is something about like, 
how are we living in the spaces in our life and really getting curious when we're not like in that guest room that no one is using that has become the dumping ground like what is the hope that got lost in there mm. what is the dream that you know you didn't think you could actually handle right now so you shoved it in there what's the the pain that you're not able to face because almost every single time we have a space that builds like that there's something in there. I mean, even, even in our family, right. It's like, I see it all the time. I've seen it in my own space. I've, I mean, I'm like a minimalist and I walk into my office. This was, you know, 10 years ago, I walked into my office and there was this giant pile of clutter on the floor. And I was like, how did I get a clutter pile? Like I live alone. <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't understand. And I know enough now, you know, I was like, I called a friend and I said, I need help. There's clutter. You know, so, you know <laughs> And she came over and we deconstructed it. And it was a, at the very bottom, there was stuff from my ex-boyfriend and he had brought it over to my house when we had, after we had broken up and I didn't want to face it. And, oh, wow. and so it just got, you know, so I, even though I have all the tools, it still happens and yeah. there's nothing wrong with it happening, but it's saying, imagine how different that story would have gone if I said, and then I proceeded to beat myself up nonstop for years, covering that clutter and my shame, even more, we be more with clutter. Then I closed the door and I stopped using that office and I started working, right? But that's what happens every day with people. Oh no, I think that means something about my, something scary. I think I feel inside about myself. And then it just spirals out of control versus saying, oh, I think I need a little support. Well, I love how you described that pile because my brain went to a totally different place, which I want to circle back to in a sec. But the fact that you, you uncovered like at the bottom of the pile was a thing that you were burying and hiding, didn't want to deal with yet. I think that is such an interesting way to think about a pile at all, you know, because some seed started the pile. Right. And I just think that is absolutely fascinating. What was surprising to me is when you started talking you said like, what dream has gotten lost there? And my brain went to, cause you said guest room. So I was like, so my brain went to the dream of the guest room. Like, who did you actually want to have come over? Who were you holding that space for? And now what is being stopped because the clutter is in that space that you were holding. So like, do we need to intentionally, you know, get a time on the calendar, ignoring pandemic for our parents to visit, for example, so that you have that that liveliness for that room, that purpose for that room too. So there's actually two different stories there. Yeah. And there's, and there's about a million, right? So right. Like, <laughs> the guest room is just covered in art supplies because you wanted to start your art class again. And you never have, because you think you don't have time because we'll fill in the blanks, right? It could be that it could be the fact that you're miserable in your career and you want to be doing anything, anything else, but it's, yeah need to make money. So, but there's, there's something going on there and it could be. Yeah. So when I work with people, one of the, there's a course that I'm, I'm almost finished completing and it's, it's called the meaning of stuff. And it basically is that every room in the house represents an area of our lives. And so if we address like what the room represents for you and we figure out how the physical objects serve you, right. You can set yourself free from why you need the clutter in the first place. And that's the magic. It's like, when you look at a room, you know, like the office, for example, that's the center of, you know, money and purpose, right? When clutter builds up in there, there's a reason why those objects have found themselves in there, right? So like in this case, for me, it was, it was clothing and things. Well, that's identity. My mm -hmm. identity, I was having a very hard time figuring out who am I in this new space and time without that partnership in this new world with this new path that I didn't think I'd be walking. And a lot of it is really this intuitive process within ourselves of like, wow, what's the story? Like allowing it to be this really interesting, almost like clutter detective process instead of this like, self-attack like how dare you have clutter we are meant to be like joan down the street <laughs> why oh i don't you don't know what's going on in joan's life no we do not know what's going on in joan's life no <laughs> well and it's a little bit like you know if we imagine a butterfly going from caterpillar to butterfly it'd be like the caterpillar getting mad at themselves for shedding that cocoon like why did i have this cocoon well because you needed it for a minute so like Good yeah. job having a cocoon. Good job shedding the cocoon. Like, you know, yeah. no judgment. Just a, it's just a chapter. Yeah, it's beautiful. And the truth is, like, again, it's just going back to that idea that, like, every single thing that happens in our life is moving us forward on the path. It yeah. just, like, there's, even if it looks and feels challenging, it is birthing something powerful in you that is never going to allow us to go back to that old way of being. That's just True. the way. And never bittersweet. It's bittersweet. You know, some of us would like to go back. You can't. Totally. Some of us want to go back. Some of us want to run 
like racing into the <laughs> bring something new, please. Right, which isn't a good idea either, because we have to notice what's now. It's all the it's all here. Yeah, it's like all the impulses make sense. So, but it yeah. is a, it's a journey, and and yeah, if you because just the fact of it is, how much time do we waste beating ourselves up? And I don't know about you, but if somebody beat me up for 15 minutes, the last thing I want to do is be productive. I'm just saying, True. like, I would like want to go lay down and like watch a show and be like, I'll wait for my body to heal. Thank you very much. Right. So like true. I'll just drink some alcohol. Well, think about it. What is it that we do to avoid our pain? I'll lay down and watch TV. I'll drink alcohol. Right. We like, we escape. Yeah. So what if we just removed the beating up of ourselves? And this is a practice. It's a conscious practice because beating up ourselves is a habit. We taught ourselves this, or we learned it from those outside of us. So we yeah. just need to unlearn it and instead say like this morning I got into my office and there's something that's stressing me out. And I sat down and a friend called and I answered and I, she's like, how are you? I was like, incredibly stressed out. I need to change my energy. And it was the fact of like, I don't need to focus on that thing because in this moment, what's stressing me out is there's nothing I can do about it. So mm. what can I focus on? What can I do something about that brings me a feeling of openness and a yes, like there's always a yes. There's always something that is like a space for us to lean into. And so look for the yes. Don't like, yeah, <laughs> don't go after the hardest thing and be like, why won't you work for me? Like, just because this is not the moment, like, it's okay. There'll be a moment for that, but this is not it. If it feels like it's siphoning off your energy. Yeah. Cause it's not like there's not plenty of other things we can work on. So just pick something easier. Pick something that feels better. That's exciting. That's, you know, and no, it's not you necessarily avoiding. Maybe sometimes it is, but also it's just, it's you saying, I trust my intuition, my intuition. When I sat down this morning and I looked at that one list, my intuition, that overwhelm was just my intuition saying, no, thank you. Like wrong direction. Mm -hmm. And then if I look at something else, I feel this openness and excitement in me. That's the direction. Yeah. Both need to be done. One feels like a yes. And one feels like a get run, run yeah. from that one. It'll, it'll have its moment. So it, you know what you're describing. I mean, these are profound life things. These are not small things. It's not just like, we'll spend a weekend getting your closet organized. I mean, this is a lifestyle change. So when you work with your clients, is this a really long-term relationship or are you teaching them tools that they're able to employ over time? Do they come back to you when they kind of lose those habits, kind of like a personal trainer? What's the, the big picture of the relationship with an organizer? My, well, for, so me personally, it's to set you free. So if I'm doing my job right, you don't need me forever. You might need me for two years or six mm -hmm. months or, two, you know, two days. It depends on you. <laughs> But it's, there's no judgment. Like I've had some clients that I've worked with for, you know, on and off for 10 years. It's not, they're not crutching on me. They will work on something and get this part of their life under control and then go out and then someone passes away and they inherit all the stuff and they don't know what to do, or they leave their partner or they retire and their life changes because you could have the most organized in the house today, but as your life changes, you'll need to make adjustments to it. And it can be really helpful for some people. It's just a very overwhelming process to do by themselves and they want the bigger journey. Mm -hmm. And so, so yeah, so for some people, you know, we do work together, you know, ongoing and in my membership, people stay for multiple years because sure. it's a journey. And truthfully, it's like, I think some people will stay indefinitely because who doesn't want to think, you know, once a month, oh, this is the room I get to love. And I, oh, I didn't ignore my laundry room for 15 years because it was functional enough. Right. You get to like, right breathe life into all the areas of your home. But my goal really is for you to be living your life. So I don't, it's not important that I become the crutch you need for the rest of your life. It's important to me that you know what you need to thrive and then yeah, come back to a safe space when you are ready. But, you know, I had someone graduate from the program a couple months ago and it was so cool because she's like, I got what I needed. Everything is going great. Now I'm putting my energy into this and she's on this new path. And it's so, I mean, I feel so excited about that. And that's, that's what I want. You might need support the whole way through because for some of us, we have these journeys that we're on, you know, for some people, they need a lifetime of organizational support. Other people need maybe nutritional support or communication support or, mm -hmm. you know, relationship support. Like we're all dealing with little human wounds inside of us that need TLC. And if organizing is the TLC you need, there's plenty of us who have a lot of love to give, yeah. but yeah, it's, it really is. It's, it's, I, my intention is serving your highest good without being a crutch. And it sounds like it's not, you know, whether you're working with an organizer one time ongoing or never, just remembering that our homes are, I mean, it sounds like they're kind of like a garden. And if you leave a garden for five years, you're going to have a ton of work to do. Whereas if you pull the weeds when they're young, once a month or so, 
it's never overwhelming and everybody's going to have their own rhythm as to which one of those seems like a better solution for their lifestyle. Yeah. And you know, it's, and this is why I started the membership. So yeah, you can think, oh, it's just a laundry room, but that laundry room symbolizes something that laundry room symbolizes a part of your life. More than that, it's a, it's, it symbolizes a way that you get support in your life. Mm -hmm. And so if you never think of that area again, there's a part of you that's missing out on having your home support you in the highest and best way. So you don't have to be tending to the home. The home is actually tending to you. Yes. Oh my gosh. I mean, that just sums it up right there. In my opinion, <laughs> Got the mic. we go now. Right. Far out. <laughs> well, so, so when in talking to whoever is listening today, what would you like them really to take away from this conversation? What do you want to leave people with? Hope, hope that the thing, the clutter that feels the scariest to you can birth a freedom in you that gives you a life you never even knew was possible. Yeah. When you think about your own journey and the journey of your clients, what are some of the moments that have really made you like those moments where you just watch that birthing happen? And like, was it around an one object? Was it like, what are some of those moments that really re you remember? So many there, you know, one I refer to a lot is I knew when I saw this apple at my client's house on our first session together ever that she wanted to leave her partner or she was considering leaving her partner and fast forward two years later and she chose not to, but it took two years for her to get to a place where she could even admit to herself that that was one of the reasons why she invited me into her life and how the journey of getting organized helped her own more fully who she was and retool herself, like reparent herself to give herself the skills that she needed to be able to be happy in her life and in her partnership. And, in you know, and now she's living this life where she's not a workaholic all the time. She's not hiding from her partner and her family. She is going and having hobbies and spending time with her, her people. And she loves her life. And that's, and that from an apple, from Wait. I, I've got to know what made you see an apple and think any of that. Yeah. So I know. So it's, <laughs> so, so, okay. So the, the concept of the apple was the apple was hiding under the table because mm -hmm. she didn't want anyone to eat her apple. Like, don't we all have that when we share spaces with people like don't touch my good stuff, but you don't know the difference. So you're going to eat it and ruin it. <laughs> like, so, <laughs> that feeling of like, I've got to keep my apple here where nobody's going to get it. Wow. Except, right? And watching it and then watching the fact that we came across the apple that had rotted because she was trying to keep it so safe that it rotted. Oh, wow. And it was just, and part of it is like, I am a little psychic when I work with people. Like my boyfriend discovered this yesterday. It was a little funny. We were talking about his memory stuff and he, his dad has like seven siblings and I don't know all of their names. And I was like, well, you know, for example, when you're dealing with this person's stuff and he's like, she's right there. Like there was like a giant picture of her and I wouldn't know this. And it was just so funny. So I think part of it is like, yes, it's intuitive, but also more that. I just have almost 20 years of yeah. looking at your relationship with your stuff and how people speak non-verbally through their stuff. And there is, I mean, there's not a single house. I could tell you a story from every house I've ever worked in with what that stuff means. Even if the session went horribly wrong, there's something underneath that's really going on a deeper level. And it's up to you to decide if you're going to get in the driver's seat and move right. forward through it, or if you're going to just throw some more stuff on it and say, maybe later is not the right time. So it's almost like you are fluent in this language and you know to even look for the messages. Most people see rotten apple, they go, I should throw that away. And you go, rotten apple, I'm gonna first ask what is up with this apple? Because there's a story here. Yeah, and watching people just react. Like when you feel that clench, I don't, it's not even that I necessarily act, I just feel that clench. Mm -hmm. Then I lean in mm -hmm. and I see, oh, there's some shame present. Oh, there's some this. Like, oh, and tell me about, okay, so tell me about like, why was the apple there? I'm seeing this theme of this thing. Like, to, you know, really being curious and, and, and opening up and welcoming. And one of the, you know, people say to me all the time, well, why didn't you become a therapist? Well, a therapist can't tell you their own stories. And I mm. feel like for me to ask you to go as deep as I'm asking you to go, I have to have skin in the game. You have to know that I'm standing right beside you and that I'm not afraid to be with you in the challenges that I've had my own. And so there's a part of that also where I do feel like there's a journey of, you know, we are in relationship with our physical objects, with our space, with each other. And the minute you invite me into your home, I become 
you know, like a beautiful, like a voyeur of that dance. And it's, it's sacred to allow anyone into our homes is sacred. And I don't take it lightly in the slightest because it's so, it's so important, the energy that we surround ourselves with. Yeah. I love that you brought up the concept of, well, why didn't she become a therapist? Because clearly you're doing work that's very aligned with therapy. I'm assuming that you enjoy it in the same way that I do, which is that to have a tangible representation of the work feels so fulfilling in a way that if it's just mental, doesn't always, you don't always, partly it's harder because like you could move a desk and feel like this immediate lightness. And there's this physical reward that you don't get from just talk therapy. And it's so fun. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's something else that's really so, okay. So imagine we, we have this apple come up, right? So we have this apple and she feels the shame and we, you know, it's like, we have all these, these big feelings that are swarming around what's wrong with me. And this person is new to my house and she's going to judge me. And right. It's like Mm -hmm. all of this beautiful emotional stuff, whisking around our minds. Right. And then she takes it and she throws it away. She immediately gets a hit of dopamine from her brain saying, you're on the right track. Right. Exactly. So if you were in a therapy office, you're just going to sit and talk it into the ground, right? Unless you've got like a, an amazing somatic experiencing or someone who can do, pro, you know, processing the trauma, but like mostly you're just going to keep talking it out where this is like, you did something about it. You had a hard feeling and you did something about it. Now we're going to move on to the next thing and you learn, I can be resilient and you learn, yeah, wow, yeah. look at me, keep going. I can have really big, hard feelings and still make progress. And, and that's a really, it. really powerful you know, part of organizing and why I think it's such a magic, magic healing modality, because it's not just you're thinking and processing emotionally, but you're also moving things forward. And there's power in, in seeing that work together. Yeah, absolutely. And then I just want to touch real quick on the, the question of like, I get this question a lot, even in my own work, they say, I need more storage. And I'm like, great. Well, what are we storing? right? Because the system doesn't work if it doesn't work with whatever we're actually storing. So I'm assuming you get really generic questions like that from people all the time or, or requests. Like, I just need to store this stuff better. What do you, how do you tend to, or do you redirect that to a different starting place? So I have a protocol, a class online that I teach called the 10 steps to finally get and stay organized. And oftentimes what ends up happening is organizing solutions becomes a part of the clutter because it's like, well, I bought, yes. all these, right? like, I bought all these boxes and books, but like nothing, I, I don't know, nothing's working. Well, because if you buy the solution first, the solution is towards the end of the process, right? First, you have to deconstruct everything that's in there. You've got to go and categorize and make decisions and then decide what am I keeping based on how everything relates to each other. And then you start to say, now I'm going to find a home for it. And yeah. how does that work with the space and with my phone? Cause it's not just about like, I need more storage for this. It's like, well, how are you going to use it? When are you going to use it? How easy do we need to make it for you to yeah. get it out and put it back in? What do you like to look at? What materials are exciting to you? And you know, who else is going to be touching this and how long does it need to stay clean? And will there be like, there's so many questions. And so if you look for the solution, when you understand the problem, really understand the problem, when you're trying to find a solution while looking at a giant room of clutter, I mean, you know, solution dump truck, just, just, or a match, (laughs) but that's not, we're not looking at the real solution at that point. So it's a matter of like, I need more information and becoming your own clutter detective. I'm going to get really nuanced and get clear. And then, so I always tell people like, if you know something works for you, like if I've been working with someone for a while, or if I see that there are systems elsewhere in their house that are really working well, if I'm like, oh, wow, yes, like you do really well with this kind of basket, buy more of them, we'll figure out a system for it. But a lot of times people don't necessarily know themselves that way. And that's why organizing is such a beautiful process of getting to know ourselves because you learn your preferences and you learn how you function yeah. um, in so many ways. It's, it's truly an interesting process. Well, I hope that for the folks listening, that pulls back the curtain on why organizers are organizers. Like there is this whole slew of questions that a professional organizer is going to know to ask. And I say the same thing about closet designers. Like as an interior designer, obviously I say, here is where your closet's going to be. But I know that I am not a closet designer because there are all those questions. Do you have hats? Do you have handbags? Do you have, what do you have before you can design the solutions? I love that you called out that the solution is near the end of the process of organizing your stuff. I, th- I hope that helps people 
understand the process a little bit better. It is. It's such an interesting journey. It never looks the way we think it's going to look. Yeah, it never does. But it's it's always so much better. Like when you really follow it through, it's always so much better than you could have anticipated it to and, be. And I'm assuming at the end of it, what happens is that the things you truly cherish are lifted up and they're on display and they're actually loved instead of pretend loved. Yeah, and used. I mean, mm-hmm. the truth is, I think of Pareto's principle. Pareto's principle says we use 20% of our objects 80% of the time. Yeah. Like this is so true, especially with clothes. I know very, and I'm, I'm, I know that there are exceptions to this rule, but most of the time, like we do wear the same thing over and over and over again. <laughs> it's like, we use the same books. We use the same, you know, it's like, and so there is a journey of that of like, okay, are you holding on to hope? Hope that if I read all these books, I will be smart enough because you never felt smart enough. Hope that if I ha- hold on to these clothes, that I will be able to be fashionable and beautiful and fit into these clothes, even though they don't, right? Mm-hmm. Like, or I'm going back in time. So really looking at why are you holding on to them? There's a place for memorabilia. It's not oh, yeah. in your closet or on your bookshelf. Those can go elsewhere, right? It's like, you want to set intention for every single room in your space. I always say, you know, ask yourself, what are the functional, practical things I'm going to be doing in this room, right? How do I want that space to look? And how do I want that space to feel? Those are the three questions you have to ask yourself when you organize any room, because that gives you the baseline of what belongs. Anything that doesn't fit in with those, the answers to those three questions do not belong in that space. And having that is like suddenly giving yourself a roadmap and you know how to get home. I love it. So where can folks find you? Ah, starhanson.com is my website and I am everywhere. I am on clubhouse. I am on Instagram at star.hanson. And yeah. Oh, and I wanted to also offer something to your listeners. If anyone wants to get a little jumpstart on their own organizing process, um, I have an incredible gift for everyone. So it's 10 things you can organize in 20 minutes or less. And they can get that at starhanson.com forward slash checklist. And the magic of that on top of just the fact that they get this list of things that can help them jumpstart into action because so many of us feel like we're just behind the eight ball when it comes to getting started organizing is if they organize five of those 10 areas in the next seven days, they'll win a free session with me. So yeah. So, so they can get a jump start. Get wow. Organized. That is a heck of a gift. Yeah. So I hope your listeners jump in on it. It is a really fun project and I would love to help shed a little light on, on what your clutter means and how you can move forward in a new way. I love it. Wow. Thank you. Well, you wanted to leave people with hope. I think that you definitely left people with hope. Thank you so much for being a guest with us today. Oh, Rebecca, thank you so much. It's been really a treat. Indeed. And to our listeners, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Creating Your Happy Place and that you do feel a little bit more encouraged and empowered to make your home your happy place. If you feel stuck, aside from reaching out to the amazing Star Hansen, please remember that my book too is a resource for you. Happy Starts at Home is full of exercises that are meant to help you figure out why your home isn't working for you and identify what needs to change. And if you have a specific design dilemma in your home, you can also reach out to my team at Seriously Happy Homes, because thanks to the power of the internet, we can meet with you over Zoom no matter where you live to figure out the next practical steps to creating your happy place. In the meantime, no matter where you call home, I hope it makes you seriously happy. Until next time.